0: Episode sixty of Girl Mode. I'm one of your hosts, Robin B, and I'm your other host, Willa Rowe. And happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> uh, it's the f- it's the first episode of the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-four. So yeah this this week we're going to focus on kind of the year ahead, uh, as as the games press loves to do. Uh, immediately we've sh- We've shoved the past year aside, forgotten all about it. We will also we will
1: also look back a little at 2023, though.
0: Yes, this is just true. a little bit. Yeah, so we're gonna. Yeah, this week I think we're talking about what games we're excited about. Uh, like last year, we did our New Year's gamer resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a new set of those, and then we're gonna go back to the. Willa versus Zoe crudge match to see which one of you got more of your terrible predictions right. They weren't uh, terrible. The... They were pretty good. Well, we'll see how good they were when we see how many you got right.
1: Yeah, that's uh, fair. And,
0: and a battle for the for control of the podcast for one week. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get we'll get to all that in time. Why don't we start with uh, anticipated games? Yeah, we can do that.
1: I mean, well, uh, since both of us write for a site on the internet about video games and we have to come up with things to write you and i actually co-authored a post that was the most anticipated indie games of 2024 at yeah. oneinverse.com. i've really
0: been enjoying these girl mode takes over inverse articles. i know seriously <laughs> where they just put both of us in a draft and let us go <laughs> wild
1: it is very funny every time we do it i want to like subtly be like this is just the girl mode list
0: Yeah. Um, So by the time this comes out, that will be up, presumably, who could say? Presumably.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we can we can go through a little bit of this and kind of similar to what we did in that post. uh, We have a list of honorable mentions because they don't technically have release dates, but I think a lot of them will probably end up coming out in
0: 2024.
1: Yeah. Or just games that are still in development that we're excited about.
0: It's Yeah, as we talked about uh, when we were writing this list, it's kind of hard to do... It's harder to do a a list like this for indie games because they so often are just like, we're coming out next week. Uh, Much more so than AAA anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah. We're looking forward to uh, games that are coming out next year and games that might come out next year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever. Who cares?
1: What are release dates? Yeah, what is time? It's all pointless Mm -hmm. anyway. I mean, just getting it out of the way first, because I do think it's one of both of our most anticipated games, Um, Demon School from Necrosoft, which we've talked about a lot. I think it's like I write in the post. I'm like, this was my most anticipated game of 2023 when we thought it was coming out in 2023. And then it got delayed. uh, And so now that just kind of means that it's my most anticipated game of 2024. It's looks great, it's like a SMT persona-like, but it's in college uh, rather than high school, which is, you know, a step up. We're getting closer to real adults.
0: <laughs> <laughs> real people.
1: Yeah, unlike persona or SMT, uh, but I am very, very excited about it. You had a really cool interview a while ago with uh, Brendan Sheffield um, about the design of the game and stuff, and you talked about like the B-horror movie influences, which was really neat yeah I am just excited for this game. It's gonna be great,
0: yeah that was my favorite part of that interview slash my favorite like visual part of the game is like the the bosses are rendered they are like these giant enormous bosses that are rendered in like a sort of p s one style art as opposed to the more like hand drawn style of of like your characters and stuff, which um according to you know Brandon, who I talked to for this interview is to create sort of mimic the effects of seeing practical effects in horror movies where like, it looks a little unreal. So you can kind of like get the thrill of seeing this thing. Like, first of all, it feels like it's like from a different reality as the rest of the, the movie, but also it means you can kind of show things that are like gorier or scarier, but because you can tell they're fake, it's like not scary, which I think was a really interesting way to, to like approach that. Um, and also just very cool, um, combat in this game very very sharp writing so kind of everything that that uh I tend to be attracted to in in this type of game so yeah I'm very excited about that mm-hmm. there's actually another horror game that I'm looking forward to this year which is uh a, a strange thing to hear me say because as we've discussed many many times I'm a little chicken baby coward excited for
1: a horror game but you still can't play Alan Wake 2
0: Yes, Willa, Willa. is a big brave girl, and Robin is a, a little scared kitten. Um, <laughs> but as I, I mean, as I even mentioned, as we were writing this, like you got me to play Signalis last year, two years ago, I guess, as of the release of this episode, and I really loved it. I, I really loved it. And uh, so, the game that I'm looking forward to this year is called Crow Country, which is similar to Signalis, a sort of PS1 inspired horror game. Uh, very like seems very inspired by by resident evil in terms of like inventory management it doesn't appear to have fixed camera angles but it's sort of an isometric so it mm-hmm. it does give a bit of remove in that way and i think i'm curious if this is maybe a style of horror that i can actually get into because it is not like you know third person over the shoulder like sort of action style which is a game i don't a kind of game I don't really vibe with that much anyway. And that layer of remove also kind of means I might be less afraid (laughs) of, like, jump scares and stuff. It's set in an abandoned amusement park, so it has this really cool, creepy aesthetic that I I really dig. Um, Just from the little bit I've seen, it seems... I, you know, I'll at least give it a shot and see if I can make it through without. Yeah,
1: um, I hadn't heard about this game until you brought it up to me when we were writing this list, and it looks really cool. Um, Something that I was actually thinking about while I was looking at it was it looked like uh, it has more of the visual style of, like, Final Fantasy VII in the term Mm -hmm. of PS1 game, because, like, Signalis obviously is, like, a little bit more, you know, Resident Evil, Silent Hilly, but uh Crow yeah. <laughs> Country looks like um like Final Fantasy 7 like they almost look like chibi characters. Yeah. This like these weird roundish polygonal models. Um, which extends to the idea to me of like uh the amusement park. I just imagine this is essentially like golden saucer, but it's all
0: haunted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what it actually reminds me of, and I think this is a part of why. It makes me excited. It, it, it sort of recalls the art style of uh, some of Analgesics' games to me, like mm-hmm. Anodyne 2 and Angelina era, their next game. They do kind of this, this type of PS1-inspired mm-hmm. graphics, and I think that's sort of what grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the similarity there is, is enough to make me interested.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. I will say uh, just briefly to talk about games that aren't indie games that I'm excited about because there are only a few. Uh, I am excited about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That game's going to rock, I think. I'm very excited. And then also, I will say it again, I am excited for Star Wars Outlaws. <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be that, it's going to be the mindless open world game that I actually just like sink tons of time into. Um, I hope it's neat.
0: <laughs> yeah i do too i hope i look like a real i come across as a real asshole when this game comes out next year and i like it you know
1: yeah i like, really i, I, hope I would that love happens. to like this game it's time that you look like a real asshole instead of me oh my god i know
0: just for <laughs> a change um, sort of
1: on the horror note uh though uh one game that i think we're both excited for is sucker for love uh date to die for is that what it's called yeah. Yeah, so I obviously we talked about this when we did one of our Steam Next Fests uh things, but this is a sequel to the first sucker for Love game and you are in like it's like you're in a haunted house and there's a hot goat demon goddess and you <laughs> uh-huh. flirt with her a lot and yeah. What else is there to say?
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's hot, she's scary. The perfect combination. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we talked about this a bit with the demo, the Steam Next Fest. There's some really cool like mechanics here in terms of how you sort of recreate the spells that are in this grimoire you find. Mm-hmm. Um, something else I think is really cool is the main character is asexual. So... As opposed to like most dating games where you're trying to like fuck everybody, this is like this goddess of fertility who wants to bone you real bad. And it's you trying to be like, um, can we just be friends? I think it's a really cool dynamic. Um, and also like, you know, asexuality is not something that's been like very much represented in games. So it's cool to see people like taking a stab at it. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, just fully on a different topic, that just reminds me of, I think the best it's been, I've seen it done, is uh, Eliza. There's a character who's like ace and aromantic. Um, who is like one of the more interesting characters in the game, um, which I mentioned mostly because if you haven't played Eliza, you should, because that game is fantastic. You keep telling me to play it, and
1: it's always on st- sale during the Steam-, Steam sales, and then I never buy it.
0: <laughs> it's great. I, I re- like. It's a Zectronics game. And most of their games are like sort of programming puzzle games. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely not. It's a straight up visual novel. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really a really remarkable game. It's it always it always really hits me really hard. Where I thought you were going with this transition though was uh, on the sort of horror inspired vein. Uh, my work is not yet done, which is oh, another yeah. Next Fest game. This one is not doesn't have a 2024 release date, which is so it's like in the honorable mention category. But another one that I think like we've seen a very short snippet of. And I think I still think about this demo kind of a lot. I think about it it a lot.
1: I remember just like having to do little things like uh, going through the shower and stuff. And you just sit in the shower and you just sit there and the game makes you wait. And I'm just like, oh,
0: this is my shit. That stuff. It's like I always the example I always think of is like in a game where you have to like Uh, If you find, like, the password for a door or something, Mm -hmm. and instead of just making that make the door open, you have to go and actually punch in the numbers manually. Things like that I always love, where it it puts more friction in than is necessary. It makes things a little more tactile and a little more, you know, not so streamlined for you. Mm -hmm. I just, I always love those little touches that are like, no, you're going to wait for the shower to happen, you know?
1: Yeah, there are there are a few uh games that we talked about from the next fest demos that are set to come out next year that yeah, I'm very excited there's a lot about. On this looks actually. I didn't realize yeah.
0: until we started talking about it.
1: Um one of the big ones for me is Locomotive, which is like a Lucas and click adventure game mixed with an Agatha Christie novel. It's like it's essentially what if Lucas Arts made a Murder on the Orient Express game? And it's so fun. Uh, It's hilarious and also a murder mystery. And I think it's a match made in heaven. And I'm excited for that to come out. Uh, Another murder mystery kind of thing is Between Horizons, which uh, we talked about. And I mentioned my love of the late sci-fi show Ascension that nobody else (laughs) has ever heard of.
0: Uh, When I was putting this in the CMS, I looked for a link I looked for if anyone had ever written about Ascension and couldn't find it, unfortunately.
1: I think I made the show up. I think I this is <laughs> this is my
0: Berenstein Bears. Yes. Yeah. You're actually thinking of the expanse. This somehow just messed up with you. Listen, Ascension, watch
1: it over the expanse. No, wow. the expanse is good. I do like the Botanic. expanse.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I'm most excited for Beyond or Between Horizons uh locomotive is less my thing although i did i did like what we played of it mm. um but
1: yeah, oh there was also neat. uh times in galaxy
0: yes god these are really are just this yeah. is just the next fest revisited yeah
1: i don't know what else to say about it this game was this game rocks i i love the idea that a game i'm most excited about is a video game about being a journalist when i'm a journalist who writes about video games
0: yes <laughs> uh yeah i also just want to shout out The comment from our editor Lisa Marie (laughs) Segarra on this article uh, just left a note saying, uh, "A game about a robot practicing journalism sounds like AI propaganda to me," which is very true. Uh, This is a game about our industry dying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this was in response to the like first sentence, the first two sentences of the blurb I wrote for Times and Galaxy, which is. uh, this is what I wrote. Times in Galaxy is a game about a robot making its way into journalism and piecing together information to make articles that get the most traffic for its failing newspaper in hopes of keeping the lights on and helping everybody at the paper keep their jobs. I love the escapism of video games.
0: What a run on sentence, though. So much fun. I'm yeah, so sorry. A, yeah. Those are fun to write sometimes. <sighs> yeah. Um that's my that's always my exercise when I'm writing. It's like how many clauses can I get into this thing?
1: Yeah, how many commas and m-dashes and semicolons oh, can I put in one yeah,
0: sentence? Truly. The more m-dashes, the better.
1: If Times and Galaxy, I don't I didn't pay attention to this when we played it before, but it has to have some good m-dash content, right? Oh, it's gotta. If the robot in Times and Galaxy doesn't use M-dashes, He's then like, you know they're not
0: a real journalist. They're even more of a narc. Like yes. it's, yeah. We we live I feel like by yeah, the M dash. For MDash. whatever reason, journalists are all obsessed with M dashes.
1: It's because it's, it's just the a little best. treat. M Dash is so good. And if you don't like M dash, I don't get you. We can't be friends. Yeah.
0: This is I used like you completely... really into semicolons. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I like discovered the joy of the M dash and I've mm-hmm. never looked back. This is like kind of completely separate just
1: because now we're just going down punctuation talk. What's, mm-hmm. your, what's your thoughts on the Oxford comma?
0: It's, I mean, it's the right way to do it.
1: Okay, good. This could have been a, like a friendship ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there's any argument for not using the Oxford comma. Do you think people who don't like the Oxford comma know they're idiots? How wrong they are? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're doing it just to be contrary. Okay, cool.
1: Anyways, back to games that we're excited about.
0: Yeah, this has been punctuation corner.
1: Has someone ever made an editor sim? I
0: don't think so. They That should. just sounds frustrating. It's just trying to fi- trying to convince people to put punctuation inside of quotation marks the whole time. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like um, there's like news broadcaster type sims. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen one about editing though. Those are just about playing with switchboards, mostly. Okay. What other games are you excited about? Um. Yeah, to move away from uh, Steam Next Fest content, I guess. Uh, one that we both had, I was kind of surprised this was on your list, actually, was uh, Magical Delicacy. Yeah. Um. I don't know, it just seemed maybe a little, like, cutesy.
1: Yeah, what I felt came- kind of offended that you were
0: like, oh, you're excited for this game? Yeah.
1: Like, it was too cutesy and, like just a good time for me to like yes, it like i have exactly. to have i either have to have an antagonistic relationship with any game i'm interested in or it has to be like dark or something like i can i can like fun things i'm yeah. cool i'm chill and low maintenance
0: can you uh get zoe in here i have a question for her <laughs> no <laughs>
1: that's why she was uh, screaming rate, she was screaming Roger because Dallas i'm so is-
0: chill and low maintenance. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I describe both of you. <laughs> uh, magical Delicacy is essentially, it's a, a cooking platformer, yeah. uh, which is interesting. This is a game about cooking. You're a witch and you're like making these magical meals for people. You just move to a new town and are like finding ingredients and making recipes for them. What seems really cool about this game is it seems really focused on the sort of um, like experimentation more than most cooking games. It's not just like you know, you need this specific list of ingredients to make this specific dish. It's like, you talk to this person in town and she says she doesn't like spicy food, uh, but she wants curry, or you know what I mean? And you try to find a way to make these dishes that meet your your, your friend's requirements and stuff. Um, Yeah, it just seems like a cute, nice time. I don't know. The general vibe of it, I mean, I compare it to... Kiki's delivery service in the piece pastry, right? Which is like very, it's very clear. Like her, even her character design, she, the protagonist has like a little like red bow in her hair. It's very clearly influenced by that. Uh, there's a tabletop game that's coming out, I believe in March of 2024 called Corico, A Magical Year, which is a, a sort of similarly cozy sort of domestic fantasy looking game that, um, it's by Mousehole Press, which is a great, great, great publisher. They made, uh, Artifact and, um, Bucket of Bolts, which are two great journaling games. Anyway, this just gives me very similar vibes of just being very cozy and very focused on sort of making things, um, and building relationships. Just in case anyone out there has ever heard of Corico, uh, this might be a similar vibe. Um,
1: one of the games that is like one of those ones that it doesn't have a release date, but I'm incredibly hopeful that it comes out in 2024 is Summer Hill, which the second I like literally it was announced at I think it was the Summer Games Fest day of the devs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing the like, you know, press preview event for that. And so I like saw the showcase Early and they announced Summerhill. And I remember I saw it and I immediately like messaged you and I think just the Slack in general. And I was like, this is going to be incredible. It's it's a team eco-like game about sheep herding. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's all you need to know. Um, it's going to well, be. Well, <laughs> you also need to know
0: that it has fluid hurting dynamics.
1: Yes, fluid hurting that dynamics has that has lodged itself saying. in my yeah.
0: brain.
1: <laughs> like, listen, I cannot emphasize enough how actually good I think this game is going to be. Um, every no, time I hear, it looks fantastic. Every time I hear anything the developers say about this game, I get so excited. And it looks gorgeous. Um, The art style is really, really beautiful. Like, Look up trailers for this game. I'm so
0: excited. It's easily one of my most anticipated. Yeah, I'm so hyped. Mm -hmm. Continuing just relatedly uh, going down the sheep path, I'm also looking forward to Sheep Lad. This is like there's. It's this one is a game that probably is not coming out this year. I kind of just wanted to shout it out while we were doing anticipated games. Mm-hmm. It's a Zelda Two inspired, like action RPG. Oh yeah, uh, I've been you told following me about the, this. Yeah, I've been following the developer on Twitter for a while. Um, for you know, like in development screenshots and and stuff as they kind of work through, you know, the character design and designing this combat system. I'm sort of a Zelda 2 defender. Um I you know, I think some people think it's like, you know, like a lost masterpiece or something. I wouldn't go that far. I just think it's very interesting. Um I like I wrote about Zelda 2 recently for its anniversary and just like thinking about it really reminded me of how much I really loved that game as a kid. And yeah, this just makes me happy to see someone picking up that thread of something that like hasn't really been followed quite as much for a series that is has inspired so many other things. So, not like they come out this year, to be honest, but uh, something I look forward to nonetheless. hmm
1: I think a couple other games that are, like, don't really have a release date, but I'm excited about uh, Mina the Hollower from Yacht Club. Uh, Neva, which is from the team that did mm-hmm. Gris. Eco Breaker. Uh, obviously, Citizen Sleeper 2, whenever that comes out. Not 2024, <laughs> yes. uh, but inevitably... <laughs> We'll win some kind of girl. I'm sure girl
0: mode game of the year.
1: Yeah. Oh uh, man. Um oh, and then of course, uh, a game that is supposed to come out in 2024, After Love EP, mm-hmm. which is a game I was I've been following for like ever. And it looks so good. It's so interesting. It's also had like a wild development cycle. Um, this was yeah. developed. This was the development was being led by Mohamed Fami, who was the creator of Coffee Talk. Um, who then passed away? The development team like had to kind of reevaluate the project and like think about what mm-hmm. they were doing. Um, this game looks really cool. It's like very much in the vein of kind of a Goodbye Volcano High or something like that. It's a it's a rhythm. It's like a musical visual novel. A Space for the Unbound and this are both which a lot of the people from A Space for the Unbound are working on this. Um, it's also set in Indonesia, which there's been a lot more indie games that have been like. In Indonesia and they've been really cool like I really liked Space for the Unbound but uh, yeah I I think this game looks really cool and I am excited for it to come out I think it has the possibility hopefully in my mind to do what like Goodbye Volcano High and OFK is that what it was called OFK yeah Um, we are OFK yeah we are OFK kind of like failed at where they kind of like missed the mark a little bit for me I think this game looks like it could be really awesome.
0: Um, but yeah. yeah, this is one of those games that feels like it has been coming out forever. Like it's been, <laughs> I remember hearing about it so long ago and then it kind of like faded. One of those things where I'm like, wait, did that come out? Um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm looking forward to this as well. Uh, it's just, yeah, it looks great and cute. And I love that idea of a visual novel about a band that also makes you play the music. I just, it's just, it's a good concept.
1: Any other uh, games you are excited about?
0: Um, I mean, just to round out the list we have here, I guess, uh, Angeline Era, the next Analgesic Productions game. As I always say, I never know what to make of their games before they come out, so I don't really know what to make of this game. Uh, but just given their track record, I'm excited to play it. And then Earthblade as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another one from extremely now Extremely Okay Games, used to be Maddie Makes Games. It's, yeah, the follow-up to Celeste, so... How could I not be excited? Uh, looks really interesting.
1: What about the the AAA game you are excited about?
0: Uh, the AAA game I'm excited about is I don't know. What is Dragon's that? Dogma Two? Oh yeah, Dragon's Dogma Two is coming out. <laughs> I forgot that was a game. Yeah, Dragon's Dogma Two is coming out. I'm hyped. I can't wait for us to play it for the show and you can tell me you don't like it and I can spend an hour gushing about how it's the best thing ever.
1: I'm really deciding if... We need to decide if I should play Dragon's Dogma
0: first or if I should just go into Dragon's Dogma 2. We'll have to do some deep thought. Mm. Um, I guess, yeah, the final one that I want to shout out, this is coming out like next week as of this podcast releasing, I think. Uh, Momodora, Moonlit Farewell i'm extremely excited for this game i'm like working on trying to get a review code right now so hopefully i'll have it by the time this comes out i would love to write about this game uh the momodora series is a really good series particularly uh the last entry momodora reverie under the moonlight which is a game that i've i've shared with you and you you came to love as well yeah I very much um, like it i need to finish
1: it i was like right at the end <laughs>
0: Yeah, a very great, really tough Metroidvania, um, fantastic pixel art, a cool sort of like implied story going on with it, uh, and uh, Moonlit Farewell sort of wraps up the story that that those games have been telling uh, since the original. Yeah, and I'm just like so excited to get my hands on Mm -hmm. it.
1: Oh, one more game that I'm excited about that I don't think officially has a 2024 release date, but I'm I'm pretty sure at this point it will, which is Coquette Dragoon.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it will. I'm sure we'll see more of it at least mm-hmm. cuz it came out in like early access this year. Yeah. This is one that I kind of expect will will see updates this year but might not fully release. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. But yeah, I I would love to see the rest of it this year. Mm-hmm. That uh another project that seems to have like been in the works forever. Uh and I was so glad that it that we got a piece of it uh this year. <sighs> a really really cool visual novel that sort of started as like a comic. And then we turn into a game. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, should we move on to
1: talking about New Year's resolutions? Sure. Gamer resolutions?
0: Gamer resolutions.
1: Um, we have to talk about our 2023 ones, though. Mm-hmm. And did we do them and what did we think of them?
0: Yeah. I think we did them.
1: I mean, I know... Like, I mean, some of them. Our, one of our big ones was to, like be better about keeping a record of what games we play.
0: I think this was the biggest one because Mm -hmm. it was like a concrete thing that neither of us were doing. And it was like a new thing, a new habit to start. Mm -hmm. And I think we both did pretty good. I think we knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I think maybe, I mean, maybe I did
1: more than you. I don't know. I... I took my like letterboxed approach to it. So I even like have a list yeah. of all the games in 2023 that I played in a loose ranked order. I was the one thing we were talking about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. The one thing I think I did falter on was I was really, really good about tracking new games that came out in 2023 23 that I played. I wasn't very good about like tracking any games that I played that didn't come out this year.
0: Yes, that was the same for me. Uh-huh.
1: I also, I tried to be like easy to easy on myself about it because like I have like nearly sixty games on my list of like games I played in twenty twenty three. Um, I did not finish a lot of them, but it was kind of that thing of like I put in enough time to, to say I know what this is about. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: I like one of my this. main reasons for wanting to do this was mm-hmm. like keeping track of things for like game of the year and that sort of thing. And for that purpose, it really, really helps. It came in handy like so much. It made everything so much easier. Yeah. So I think this year I do want to track the sort of older games that like wouldn't be for that purpose, like just Mm -hmm. to kind of keep an eye on them. I think that's why I didn't do that so much this year, um, just so I could have a kind of clean slate and I would know that everything on that list was new. Um, I'll just have to be a little better about tagging dates and stuff in the year ahead. But yeah, I found it so helpful for that. And just for like looking back and being like, oh yeah, that was an interesting time. And like, I played this game and kind of, it fell off, you know, off the radar a bit, but you know, I enjoyed it or didn't or whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you feel the same? Like, do aside from that sort of goatee being helpful to like writing your lists and stuff, did you find it like a useful... Thing
1: I did find it a useful thing if just to like be able to keep a record of the things I've been consuming, and yeah, I made a point to not give any game a ranking, like, I didn't do a star rating, mm-hmm. um, I just logged that I played them. Uh, I did do a loose ranking on a list, so it's like in yes. comparison to other games I ranked them, but I didn't give anything like a star rating, which is how I also operate my letterbox. I give no star ratings um, because mm-hmm. review scores are bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, You're sticking
0: to your principles. Yeah,
1: I very much liked doing this. Um, if anything, going forward, I want to be like more involved about it and like maybe Same. log a little like blurb about what i was thinking at the time of when i played it um mm-hmm. i know you did this more than i did you kind of like logged dates of when you played things a couple times yeah
0: i didn't keep up with that quite as much mm-hmm. um often because i wouldn't add the game as soon as i started playing it i would cuz i didn't want to log things that i played one time and then Never played again. So I'd wait until I was like a fair way into the game and like it felt significant. Mm-hmm. But by that time, I kind of had forgotten when I started playing. But I do think that's helpful for kind of like laying out the year uh, of like where you were when you played things. So I, get, I would also like to get a little more organized mm-hmm. about that this year. Something in general
1: in my life that I'm like constantly working at is trying to be better about like logging things or just kind of like documenting. God. My same. thoughts on things like I'm really trying to be better about journaling and
0: like, I want to be a list girly.
1: <laughs> but like, yeah, this is something that I'm trying to do just like generally is be better about like logging where my mindset is at, logging things that I'm doing, that kind of stuff. Um, and like, that's why I enjoy having a letterbox. Um, cause like I see a bunch of movies with friends. Um, and this is the same thing. I like being able to have a place where I can see what I'm consuming. Um, -hmm. it's nice. I like it because I think I'm very forgetful. (laughs) And also we just we just are constantly inundated with stuff. Like you and I, especially as people who like literally have to work in the media and are constantly playing things to make content. It's so easy to forget stuff. Yeah. And this was really helpful. And I really liked it. And I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna keep doing it. Like it's become it's it really has become a habit now.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's something I like at the very least want to continue and ideally would like to like get better at. Just make it more of make it more of a routine that when I start a game I do write a little bit about everything just to kind of have those thoughts out cuz I I tend to this goes along with like all of my life of needing to log things and make lists. Is like I will always tell myself I'm going to remember this later, and I never do, whether it's like a grocery list or a thought about a game I'm reviewing or whatever. If I don't write it down, it's as if I never had the thought. And so I think this could be a really helpful way of like, keeping track of those things. Backlogged needs an app,
1: though. This is another thing. We started on a different site. And then very quickly, we figured out we didn't like it.
0: Yeah. I forget what the problem was, but there was something that there were a few for our specific purpose of like, I forget what it was, but it didn't, it just didn't work yeah. for us.
1: One of the things I remember was a big thing is backlogged had way more games in its database. Yes, way like, more indie games. Yeah. Especially. Like you could find the smallest itch game and it would be there, which was so helpful yes. for us because like the That's place we, we were play. using before, we would go to log things and they just wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. So we had to change and backlogged is very, very good. I think they've really streamlined the process. Yeah. Um, they, they need an app. They need a phone app. Backlogged. I agree. If, if we were talking about this last week too. I was
0: like, that's <laughs> the only thing. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm sitting on my couch and I start a game, I can just pull up my phone and log it. Whereas if I have to like open a web browser and type something in, I'm going to put it off until later. But yeah, that was the great thing about backlog. Like, I I never looked for a game and couldn't find it. Even yeah. weird little itch games like that I didn't expect anyone to know about. Really it's yeah. So mm. shout out to them. Yeah.
1: Um what else? I know we had some more
0: like individual. So you had one that really made me laugh.
1: <laughs> Is it the one where I said I wanted to interview more people?
0: <laughs> yes. And then you got that chance this year, and you bitched about it every time. <laughs> so here's the thing: I said
1: I wanted, <laughs> I said I, I wanted to interview livid when more people. I, back to this. I know, and I knew this was going to come up. I said I wanted <laughs> to interview more people as like a way to stretch my my muscles because I don't do that as much because I'm not as comfortable doing it. Um, and you know, to my credit, I did a lot more interviews this year. You were dragged,
0: kicking um, listen, and screaming, no, into more interviews. Listen,
1: let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> I think the first half of the year, I did a lot more willingly. Like, mm-hmm. I did a a big feature where I interviewed um a few people from Studio Elan about yeah, romance and games. Piece. I loved doing that. That was really mm-hmm. fun. Um, I got to interview Naoki Yoshida um in London for Final Fantasy. That was very cool. Um, the back half Your of the Yoko year, Taro interview oh, was yeah, great. I got, uh, my I got to interview Yoko Taro, my favorite developer of all time. This that's like a career highlight for me. It's insane mm-hmm. that I got to do that. Um, like pushing myself to do interviews was good this year because like I got to talk to several of my favorite developers. Like naoki yoshida is like literally in interviews for inverse jen was like if you could interview like one person who would it be and the first person that came to mind was naoki yoshida because i was like deep in final fantasy 14 at the time and then i got to interview him this year and i also got to talk to yoko taro who's the person i'm constantly like yoko taro is the coolest person in games doing the best stuff in games um that was incredible and i'm still really happy with my yokotaro piece i think it was really fun it was very yokotaro and i liked that and i think you can see like to like blow my own horn i think you can see yokotaro's personality in the piece and i think you can also see my personality in the piece
0: yeah you got some good quotes from him he seemed to be enjoying himself in it
1: my my takeaway and i talked a lot about this with jen at the time was like you know, Yokotaro doesn't give too many interviews outside of when he has to promote stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't asking him to like talk to me to promote literally anything. I just wanted to talk to him cuz I think he's a cool ass developer. And the fact that he agreed was kind of like trust trust that you're going to do good because he wants to do it. Um and I think it worked out. I'm happy with yeah. it. I got a lot of cool shit in there. Like how he was like, I want aliens
0: to um, blow up technology and set gaming <laughs> yes. back to 8-bit, which was incredible. That was the best. Yeah. So do you feel like this is something you want to carry forward? Like, do you want to do more of this now?
1: Oh, wait, there's one more I want to talk about, actually, before I tell you my whole thought, because then I interviewed uh-huh. Doug Bowser. Yes. And you know a lot more about this process than what the article says, because we were given the chance to interview Doug Bowser. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> like I don't really want to and then I kind of was like we're going to do it because you can't say no to interviewing Doug Bowser obviously mm-hmm. um and then I came up with some questions I was like you know if I'm going to interview him I'm going to ask some questions and the interview came out pretty good like I got some good answers um like I grilled him on unions a little bit uh and stuff I don't know but I kind of hated
0: doing it <laughs> I okay I will say Saying the interview came out pretty good is y- you need to give yourself more credit than that like that getting him to say that comment about unions in particular, was like a very good thing to get like you yeah. you did a really good job with that, and people were really responding to that, and doing the thing that you kind of like wanted to get out of that, which is people then pointed out all the problems that have been reported about Nintendo's mm-hmm. labor practice and shining light on this idea that Doug Bowser says like, Oh, everyone's too happy at Nintendo to unionize. So, so it was I'm, better than just, okay.
1: I'm glad that went well. Uh, yeah. So do I want to do more interviews? No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I regret, I regret saying My resolution it. is to stop doing this. My
1: resolution is to stop doing interviews and like, unless i really 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 am driven to with like the Mm -hmm. yoko taro thing but i don't know it yeah it was a mess i i didn't love doing interviews i'm not i don't feel comfortable talking to people (laughs) very much um they're hard interviews are hard you make them look so easy I don't think there's a need for me to do interviews when we still work at the same place together because you... Because <laughs> you can just f- <laughs> voice them all off on me. Yeah, you like them and you do them really well. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I did it. I did the resolution. I stretched the muscle. I did things that you I did. wasn't, yeah. you know, used to. I did some things that are pretty good and uh, and I'm okay not doing the, that stuff as much okay. this year.
0: You learned. That's yeah. good. I know one of mine that I absolutely didn't do, uh, I said I wanted to go start doing more game jams again, yeah, which is something that I used to do more, and then this whole year I didn't do any. To be fair to you and your resolutions, you also got laid off. This is the thing. Uh, my year was pretty derailed because after the first month of the year, uh, my life was ruined for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So... I didn't have a lot of creative energy to spare on non-essentials. So, um, I, I don't, I I let myself off the hook for that, but it's still something that I would like to do more. I actually finally bought, um, there's a program called Affinity, which is like uh, Affinity Publisher and Affinity Photo, which are essentially like Adobe, uh, like InDesign and Photoshop competitors. Uh, and I'm very eager to like, but even just like booting them up to kind of like do tutorials and stuff really reminded me how much I I really kind of love doing layout and, and design stuff, page design. But um, uh, yeah, so I really want to get back into doing that uh, this year. Hopefully I will be able to. Um, another one that I said I wanted to do and didn't really was... I know we like our whole thing is kind of playing indie games, but I did say I wanted to go more into... Just playing bizarre stuff on itch from people I didn't know. Just finding random games, going in uh, on the Switch e shop and buying things that are like one dollar just to play. I forget where I saw this expressed, but I just remember someone on like Twitter or Blue Sky or whatever saying like, "In order to find those sort of like hidden gem games or like things of any medium, you have to play a lot of shit." Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's what I, I want to, I guess, get better at this year is just playing things, even if they don't look good and just being like, was there anything good about this? What is, what can I kind of take from this? Uh, and just like really kind of scouring the like absolute unknown side of things. Um, you know, that's probably, that's not something I will get any mileage out of for writing for sure, but, uh, it's just something, I think it's a good exercise to do even if it doesn't directly produce any work, it's just a good practice to have. I know another thing that
1: <laughs> we really didn't do at all to your chagrin, especially is we mm. haven't done more guests on the pod, like we haven't yeah. really had people on, which I know is something you've especially wanted uh I can't remember if that was something we said like as a resolution, but I know we've just talked, talked about it constantly.
0: Yeah. I think we talked about it at the one year anniversary, actually. Okay. Um, But yeah, there are, there's like a bunch of people we would both like to have on Mm -hmm. um, other writers mostly that would be cool to talk to. That's still something I would like to do. Um, it is just, it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> and it often feels like a big ask of people, of the people who we want to have on. But I think that would be a good thing to get better at.
1: I think as a 2024 resolution, what we should honestly try to do is like in January, we should just send off a bunch of messages to these people and be like, yes. hey, we're interested in having you guest on the pod at some point.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And like, you know, we'll work it out. But just wanted to yeah. like do an interest
0: check. Uh, while we're on that, um, uh, press start. I'm sure uh, at least one of you is listening. We'd like to have all three of you on. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll hit you up.
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say this on the pod as a 2024 New Year's resolution, and okay. then I'm gonna like I'm gonna actually do it before this podcast podcast comes out, so it's not weird. But okay. a legitimate 2024 resolution for me, I want you and I. And all of press start to play Guard 3. I think we could do it. I think I could convince them. And I think it would be really fun. And then they could come on and we could talk about it. Uh, I've been like talking about this for a while. And like, I've been like messaging yes. them about Drakengard Sending 3. to
0: them in, on Discord <laughs> just to kind of yeah. like get them interested. Just to
1: kind of like pique their interest in Guard 3. I. <laughs> i think i can make it happen um before this episode comes out i'm gonna message them on discord so then they don't just like listen to this and they're like huh (laughs) right we never agreed to that but that's a new year's resolution of mine i i i talk about dragon guard 3 so much and i really want to talk to other people about it and i also love talking to press start i love You know Noah and Tori, and I want to talk to Nathaniel, and Mm -hmm. I think this is the way to do it. Just put it out there in public, and then we have to follow up. Yeah, exactly. I I know a personal a personal resolution. I think going forward for 2024. This is a in the vein of my interview one, as in it's like for my personal work. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to do a lot of longer features. uh, Yeah, if I can get the chance, obviously. and I want to do like, I've experimented with this a few times on Inverse and a lot outside of Inverse in the couple of writings I've done outside of Inverse, but I want to do like more like creative nonfiction via games criticism kinds of stuff. Like, um, I'm really thinking about kind of my, uh, start menu piece this year, which was talking about life after magic, but also like really about a personal life experience. And Mm -hmm. I want to write more of that. I had a really good time doing it. I was a creative nonfiction major in college, (laughs) and I never really have used it. And I'm like, oh, wait, I can do it like this. And that's fun. Um, I even have a big piece in mind that I want to do already. So If given the chance, I want to do more stuff like that. I think it's unique and fun and it's like, it flexes my writing muscles in a way that we don't often get to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that would be great. Uh, You're obviously very good at it as as evidenced by your start menu piece. I was thinking about this the other day. I I remember um, during my first tenure at Inverse, there was a piece that I felt like, I was kind of taking a step toward, like, writing something a little more personal than I normally do. And it's such, like, a little faltering baby step. Mm -hmm. It was the piece that I wrote about Pitfall, because that's a game that, like, I used to play with my dad. And the little personal chunk is, like, three graphs at the very bottom. But at the time, it felt so... Like such a big step because I just wasn't used to. I mean, like I, you know, went to school for like journalism, and where you just like don't want yourself in it at all. So I've kind of only recently becoming been getting more comfortable Mm -hmm. with that. And since I've been back, I feel like I've been doing a lot more of that. Yeah, am just like putting myself into pieces. And I really do think there's a lot to be gained from. It sounds so obvious. Like there's a lot to be done in that space that I think a lot of like sort of mainstream games journalism kind of doesn't focus as much on. Um, but yeah, I, th- I agree. I think that would be a really like a really satisfying thing mm-hmm. to continue tackling.
1: I've peppered it into a few pieces and mm-hmm. throughout the year. Like I my opening in the He fucked the Girl me review is kind of that. Um one of my Hogwarts legacy pieces has a lot of like personal anecdote. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You have anything else? Any other like 2024 resolutions?
0: I should have thought about this before, but <laughs> you know, I, on along with playing, ugh, see, this is going to be a hard one. I would also like to go back and play some older games. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this is where we can like use the show as a reason to do that. There's, in particular, I have this idea of there's a lot of games that I wanted to play when I was a kid, and they were games that I would like see in magazines or like just read the boxes in game stores. But we could only really get new games like a couple of times a year, you know, like on the holidays or on my birthday. And so there's so many games that are just like, I wanted to play so badly and I just never got a chance to. And I would love to play some of those, like whether it's to kind of like discover that they were really good and I'm glad I got to play them or that they were no good. And I've been sort of carrying this torch for them for so long. That's a tough one because I, of course, need to keep playing new games all the time. Um, But if it's something that I could, you know, take time away from playing stupid gotcha games on my phone to play more of those, I would, I would love to do that.
1: Yeah. um, I think that's definitely something we can do is on the pod. Like we've talked about this a bit, like Mm -hmm. doing more specific episodes that are like you and I take time to play a game and then talk about them. And I definitely, I definitely agree. I
0: think we should do that. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I have any other like gaming related ones. Aside from, I mean, I I want to get back into tabletop games in a in a big way. I've been feeling that so hard lately. Oh, we still need to play a tabletop game. We do. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. That was another thing that when I got laid off, I I had a, a group that I've been playing with for like two years, and I just needed a break because I just had too much. I just didn't have the mental energy to devote to it. So I took a break and then the group kind of stopped meeting uh, before I got back to them. So I haven't played a tabletop game since, you know, it's been a full year now. Uh So I would really, really love to get back into that. I think it's a really, I've talked about it a lot, but I think it's a genuinely like a very good thing for my mental health and also like a really wonderful creative exercise uh, and just a great way to socialize with people, uh, you know, especially for people like me who the sort of traditional venues of like going out to a bar or whatever are just like not on the table for me. This is not so much the case with every game, but if you're looking at the like indie storytelling games to play one of those games, the traits that you need are like improvisation, which means like listening to what people are saying and responding to it, which is like, feels like a form of empathy to me and also an ability to be vulnerable. Like just to say like, I'm the priestess of the moon for the next four hours and like go into that without cringing at all. I think is there's a certain mindset you have to have to do that. And I, I find it really, yeah, I don't know. Good for me and also very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I would love to do more of that. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any others? Not really. Cool. Well, let's see if we can stick to them this year.
1: <laughs> I think, we, I, you know, I think we did a pretty good job for our big one. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I am hopeful we can do good again. I think though now it is time for um what everybody has been waiting a year for. For judgment day. Judgment day. This will be fun to do. We're gonna look through my Zoe and my predictions for the year now for twenty twenty three. I didn't say mine on the podcast, but I do right. I did have them and I told you them. Um I have them all listed here. So I think it's time to go through them. Uh, Robin is the judge. Uh, you are a not too impartial uh, judge, in my opinion, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Don't forget jury and executioner. And jury and executioner. Um, and stenographer, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Goblin yeah. is the bailiff.
1: Um, so the way this worked is we both, Zoe and I, we made predictions for the year. And the 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 thing that's on the line is that if Zoe wins, she gets to host an episode of Girl Mode uh alongside you without me. Mm-hmm. So What a prize. What a prize. <laughs> but uh I think we're going to go through and I'm I'm just going to go like I'm going to switch off between each of our predictions and you are going to judge whether we got it right or wrong. A lot of them are clear cut, but we're going to do this. So we're going to start with me. My first prediction uh, was that Sony will purchase Square Enix. How do you think you did? Not good. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, just added in a big buzzer sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's a no. That's zero for me so far. I will say I had five predictions. Zoe had seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Uh,
0: Zoe's first... One was also kind of a personal challenge. Yeah.
1: Zoe's number one was Microsoft will lose its monopolization case. She was close. For a while, it seemed like it might not happen. Yeah, Yeah, it was really dicey for a while. Um, Alas, uh, she did not get that point. Uh, My second prediction was that Hollow Knight 2 will be announced and released on the same day in the first (laughs) half of 2023. (laughs)
0: A girl can dream.
1: So this makes me so mad also, though, because there was the Xbox games showcase like at, in the first half of the year. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then after it happened, Team Cherry came out and they were like, hey, listen, we were initially intending to like release the game in the first half of 2023. We were going to announce we were going to like show off a trailer and then just be like, listen, the game's out. And I was so mad because I was like, listen, you couldn't have done it for me to yeah. give me a point. In another timeline.
0: Yeah. You would have gotten that point. So
1: I was close, but you know what they say. Um, so no points there. Uh, I'm going to need you. You're going to have to look something up for us now. Because okay. Zoe's next prediction is that Hogwarts Legacy will be bad, actually. And... She originally, so half a point already. So she originally just said that it would be bad. And I was like, you have to have some kind of barometer because that's so bad, actually, was so subjective. So she said that it would have a Metacritic score of 75 or lower.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the verdict? Uh, the lowest platform for it is 83 on PC. Oh, my God. That's just so disappointing, honestly. I know.
1: Uh, it's fucked up. That is fucked up. Okay. My next prediction was that Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth will not kill Aerith. This game didn't come out. <laughs>
0: yeah. TBD.
1: Yeah. So this is no points for me because the game got delayed. Mm. Um, okay. So his next prediction was that Persona 6 will be announced <laughs> and you can play as a man or a woman and romance all NPCs regardless of gender. Just wrong yeah. on all fronts. This is not shown off at all. Also, there's no way this is going to happen. My next prediction was that Naughty Dog will announce two new titles. One will be The Last of Us Part 3 and one will be something else. Um, half <laughs> Half True? I half got this. I mean, in they announced some, something else. In some ways. I did say a new project.
0: <laughs> yeah. which They announced that something was going to stop happening.
1: <laughs> well, they announced The Last of Us Part Two Remastered.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, anyways, I did not get this. I was halfway there, arguably.
0: You were, yeah.
1: Um, okay, Zoe's next prediction was that... In anticipation of the film Barbie, Barbie will be joining Multiverses. Not only did this not happen, Multiverses is dead.
0: Yeah, I really wish this had happened. That would have been so great. I know.
1: Okay, my last prediction. Nintendo will not announce a successor to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding.
0: Ding, ding, ding. That's a point. That's a point. What do you mean? Why are you why are you so like I mean, I so you made these predictions, you and Zoe made these predictions on your own. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had been, you know, giving input on whether these were acceptable guesses, I think that's a little weak. How is that weak?
1: So many people thought that they would. Yeah. That's this was like a real thing people talked about. And I know they talk about I it every it year, but it's like they talk about it every year because it seems like it has to happen. So to say they wouldn't was like taking the other side.
0: I don't know. I guess this is in retro like this is, you know, kind of retrospect. I have the advantage of of hindsight. Yeah. But it just feels a little like, out a well, yeah, of course they didn't well. You know what? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I got the fucking point. You got a point. A point's a point. That's all I'm saying.
1: Zoe's next prediction was: (laughs) Zoe will play Persona (laughs) Five (parentheses Big Swing). uh she did not. She did not play. How many? How
0: many hours did she put into the game? This zero. She did
1: not start (laughs) the game. She never Uh once started the game. Could she pick out the box from a lineup? Even (laughs) no. If I showed her all the Persona games next to each other, she would not pick it out. Although, to be fair, I couldn't either. Then Zoe's next prediction was one episode of Girl Mode will get over 100 listens. Mm -hmm. This happened, and we got multiple episodes with 100 listens. Thanks, fans. Uh We should have uh, less of you um, so that I could have won. So thanks for nothing, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. You know what? I actually... Hate all of our fans. Oh no. Stop listening now. <laughs> wow. No, it's too late. So uh please stay.
0: Yeah, might as well.
1: Ding ding. She got she got a point. So now we're one to one. Which brings me to Zoe's final prediction, which is that Jeff Keeley will be canceled. What's our thoughts on
0: this? My thoughts on this. I mean, <sighs> First of all, getting canceled isn't really that much of a real thing. It's not
1: a real thing, which does mean there's a wiggle wiggle room here.
0: Yeah, it's mostly a thing that conservatives claim happens to them when they want to start a sub stack. (laughs) In real life, it's just facing consequences for saying something stupid. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the closest Jeff Keighley has ever gotten to being canceled. That's my thing. For making some genuinely stupid moves... And getting a lot of heat from it, just not from, I don't know, let's say the kind of people who want to maintain access for future yeah. coverage. Uh, um, I would agree that this is the most Keeley has
1: been canceled. And it was multiple levels of like, you know, you didn't address the layoffs or anything this year. You, the whole debacle with the future class, you didn't, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it is the most.
0: I have said to you before, I think it counts for enough that it could be the tiebreaker. Which we are tied. That's also why I was going, oh, your switch prediction isn't that good. Because I was, I was building a case, mm. which I guess is more of a prosecutor thing than a judge thing to do. So maybe I should be recused. But <laughs> regardless, I think it's enough for it to be a tiebreaker.
1: You know, one could argue that Zoe got multiverses cancelled herself. Her prediction was so bad that multiverse ended.
0: They were like, we either need to put Barbie in or stop making this game altogether. and that's a negative point. Mm. (laughs) That is one way of looking at it, yeah.
1: What's your way of looking at it? But then, by that same
0: logic, you might have gotten the Switch 2 cancelled. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, my (laughs) interview with Doug Bowser cancelled the Switch 2. Yeah, they were
0: like, you know what, these bitches don't deserve it. Yeah. (sighs)
1: Yeah. So, do you think it's a t- uh, Keely was canceled enough to break a tie?
0: I think so. I think I don't. I can't remember if we ever declared whether a tie goes to you or Zoe.
1: We didn't, but I feel like if this is the tiebreaker, it's enough to say she won.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm very curious about what Zoe wants to talk about on this podcast. Yeah,
1: so I guess you'll all have to, you know, (laughs) go through what I deal with every day, 24 hours a day.
0: We'll have to develop a new sense of sympathy for Willa. Yeah. We'll understand why Willa's like this better (laughs) after this episode. (laughs) Uh, Okay,
1: well, Zoe wins good for her. Wow. I'm going to clip that that mm-hmm. audio so she can play it whenever she wants. I, I tell her that enough, please. Yeah, you, know, you, you know you know I am I know. the biggest I cent. know you're dynamic. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I will I will say uh we didn't have enough time to prepare new predictions for the year, but I think we will and I also think uh you should get in on it this year maybe.
0: Sure, I can mm. think about that. Yeah. And I guess we should also uh just sort of hat tip to um, triple click who you stole this idea from. If we're gonna make it a, an official thing, yes, just out of you know the principle of fairness. Yeah, because we yeah. we cite our sources on this podcast. <laughs> Don't come after us, H. Palmer guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Uh, besides that, did have you been up to anything this week?
0: These cats are driving me out of my fucking mind. You can you can give them away. You can you know, send them back. No, oh, do you hear that? Shape up. But then who will lick my face while I sleep? Um I know that's what that's what Tinder is for. Yeah, so this week I've been doing I guess a couple things of note. I mean, so I did on your suggestion, I did finally start watching Freerin. I know you did. I've only watched the first two episodes so far, because I couldn't handle more than that. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes the other night, and then I sent picture a picture of myself to Willa, which is just me with tears streaming down my face after watching the first two episodes of Freerin. You were, so, I, I didn't doubt you, but you were so right about this show. It's so good, and it's so devastating. I felt the way that I, that I do watching Miyazaki movies uh, during the second episode. I guess not to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's a moment near the end where uh, there's just sort of a, a visual reveal that you know it's coming like a couple of seconds before it does. And so I felt that like rising feeling where I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen. And when it does i'm going to be inconsolable and then it happened and i was just heaving sobs like it's in in the best possible way like if you know it's it's a very like cathartic like very very satisfying kind of emotional feeling like this show's great i i love the characters like they are they feel kind of prickly like they're not like lovable protagonist characters they're not bad people by any means but they they feel a little more complex than that uh it's you know like fantastic art and just like a really just such a touching story i'll probably watch more of it over this weekend because it's like the weekend of nears eve nears day i will be in the mood to cry and to feel self-reflective I just I God, it's such a such a spectacular show. Can
1: I talk about one of my favorite shots in that show? Still, like having watched more.
0: Um, sure. It's
1: not too spoilery. There's a shot okay. in the middle of episode two where it's during because okay. um the show goes like back and forth every once in a while between time spans because it's like you're following Furin um and she used to be part of a hearing party but she's an elf so she lives a long time and now it's like fifty or more years after that party happened, um, there's a flashback where she's in a field of flowers with the heroing party, and she's talking with Himmel. And Himmel's, like, t- you know the scene I'm talking about. Himmel is talking to her, and they show him. And then they cut to her listening. And it looks like the way they cut it, like they're facing directly at each other. And then immediately they cut to a wide shot and they're just standing completely separate from each other, looking com- in complete opposite directions. It's so fucking good. That sequence is done so well. Yeah. You're going to like cry just I'm, thinking about I'm it. I'm
0: like tearing up right now. Me the too. way this show, even the little bit that I've seen, like they're just, the way that it addresses like grief and the sort of, um, specifically, like, I mean, there is, like, death. There is, like, grief as we traditionally think of it. But the the grief of things left unsaid or realizing too late your own, the feelings that you were having in, in the past, uh, it's, yeah, the, the way that it deals with those kind of unresolved uh, things is just... It's, uh man, it's a really, it's a really, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I guess on a, 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 not, you know, emotionally similar, but my, my reasons are similar for replaying a game that I replayed this week. Uh, I've mentioned before that I, I find myself wanting to replay Sayonara Wild Hearts every year around this time, which I think is very similarly because, uh, you know, it's a time for self-reflection and like thinking about how you can potentially grow and, and become a better person. And that's, uh, you know, to a large extent what this game is about. It's like a very, it's a very stylish, very fun, very exciting music game that at the core of it is about a woman getting over heartbreak and becoming a better person because of it, learning to sort of like forgive people from her past and, and to move on from it. Uh, it it and the story is told like extremely subtly like it's it's not it's basically like textless it's just it's the experience of going through these uh these levels that kind of tells the story of it. It's also just so fantastically enjoyable and fun to play. I've mentioned before, and I wrote a little bit about this in in a piece that I read about it this week. It has one of my favorite video game levels ever, which is a level where the whole game is like you're basically on like a Motorcycle riding through this a track, and you're trying to collect notes. You know, so you can kind of zoom to other side, either side of the road. There's a stage where there are essentially three different tracks going at once, and they switch between them when this other character like snaps in time with the music. So it'll be it'll just switch between like from one track to another to another to another, and you have to kind of keep in mind the obstacles that are coming on the track that it's going to be on when you reach it. So it's like this perfect melding of like rhythm and the soundtrack and the gameplay and you having to like project yourself into the future far enough to avoid things that aren't even there yet. And it's just like one of the most thrilling things to play for me. Um, it's also just a game with an incredible like synth pop soundtrack. Um, and every time I play it, I feel the same like welling up of emotion and of like possibility. So it's, if you you can play it in like an hour, so I would highly recommend playing it. Like, especially around this time of year, it feels uh, particularly appropriate. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. But how about you?
1: Yeah, there are two things I wanted to shout out. Uh, the first is something I watched, which was Pokemon Concierge. Uh, yeah, it's four episodes on Netflix, and I, you know, Zoe and I sat down and we watched it in one sitting. This show is adorable and perfect, and it is such a delight. It is just, like, so heartwarming and fun. Um, I don't know. That's really all there is to say. It's so cute <laughs> and so perfect. Even if you, like, have never played Pokemon, you should watch this. It's so good. I loved it. Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out was a game called Dredge, <laughs> which... <laughs> have you heard of it? I hadn't touched Dredge all year <laughs> and then in the last few days of 2023 I sat down and I played like half of Dredge in two sittings and oh my god do I love this game it is immediately yeah. one of my top games of 2023 uh can't believe I hadn't played it it's so fucking good it's a fishing game that is also like a lovecraftian horror game it is fantastic and i think it is genius to meld fishing as a like a gameplay mechanic like mechanical core with a cosmic horror story because it just works so well especially like you know if we're thinking about the like lovecraftian style story there's so much of like new england weirdness and fishing towns and all that and it's just done so well I love it. This game is great. I cannot believe I waited until the end of the year to play this and it's now one of my favorite games of the year. Totally go play this game. It's so fucking good.
0: Hell yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it so much. Yeah.
1: But uh, that is it um, for the beginning of 2024 for Girl Mode. Hey. So uh, yeah, I guess hopefully much more Guard 3 talk to come.
0: Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah, I guess that will do it for us then. Uh, you can. Oh my God, always, yeah, we to- have to
1: sign out. We have to do all that stuff. So. Yeah, I was like, what are you, I, I guess I'll like, do it. I was just like, oh, okay. You're that's just ready to go. I was like, that's the end of the episode. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to the episode. You can listen <laughs> to Girl Mode anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on socials, some version of Girl Mode Pod. Uh, we'll put our links in the show notes you can email us questions at girlmodepod at gmail.com or on co-host tell us if uh, you think jeff geely was canceled um (laughs) tell us also what you um want zoe to talk about when she hosts an episode yeah Yeah, if you have any questions for zoe send them in um my god that's actually a really good use of that you can find me on socials at the willow row
0: and you can find me at robin bombas And I just want to shout out, because we are talking about the email, thanks to the folks who have been emailing us lately. Uh, We just got a very sweet note last night from a listener named Joe, uh, who pointed out, like, we said that we were, like, kind of the only podcast that they had heard this year talking about uh, their favorite games, because they're, like, more of an indie game player. And it's really just cool to hear that, um, you know, we're reaching folks who... You know, love games that aren't being talked about somewhere else. Uh, that just feels really special. So uh, thanks so much to everyone who has written in with, with similar comments so far. That's so sweet. Thank it you. makes us feel good. Yeah, thank you guys.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And yeah, we will see you uh, in the new year. It's already the new year for you, but for us it'll be new. Who knows? I might not see you guys next episode. <laughs> who could say? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Happy New Year. Happy new year. Again, I almost did the thing where I just closed the Discord call.
0: I'm going to see The Boy and the Heron tomorrow.
1: Ooh, I'm very excited for you to finally
0: see it. Me too. I'm going with a couple of friends who I've only hung out with a couple times. And I was talking to my therapist about this. I'm like, I'm kind of worried because I know I'm going to cry a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how that's gonna be received by these people who I've seen like twice before.
1: Mm -hmm. If they don't cry, they're the problem.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're not cool with me crying around them, then there's probably no chance we could be friends anyway because I spend most of my time crying. Don't I know it. While I was getting coffee, my friend showed me a video of this like old woman who is obsessed with penguins, who got to pet a penguin. Like it was for the first time in her life, like at a zoo. She's wearing like a special penguin hat. You know, it's like a view from the side of her doing that and she pets the thing. And then she turns like walk away, like toward the camera and you can see she has like tears in her eyes. And that made me cry (laughs) this morning. (laughs) It was just so sweet.
1: I mean, have you seen that video of, um, who is it, Kristen Bell, when she meets a sloth for the first time? Because she's so obsessed with sloths.
0: Yeah. Yes. What a dream.
1: That would be me if I ever got to uh, hug a snow leopard, which I don't want to because you're not supposed to. That's bad, even for, you know, animals that are in
0: zoos. But, like,
1: if I got the chance. Right. In a perfect world. If you could tell it was a
0: cool one and they weren't going to tell on you. Exactly. I need to get obsessed with an animal and then I can feel that way. Maybe a a top in Pittsburgh, I think, is maybe the rarest animal I'm going to find. Ah. <laughs> Goblin, you're being homophobic. I, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That's not fair. Please, my beautiful daughter, go fuck up something else. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: I was re I was listening to the most uh recent episode of Press Start. And mm-hmm. in it, Tori says at one in point there, <laughs> in it at one point, Tori is talking about Persona 3 reload and says, like, it doesn't have she says it doesn't have girl mode though. And I got yes. like jump scared. <laughs> I
0: had the same reaction. She said that and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, don't talk about me. But I was like, yes. oh, no, no, you're just, oh, got it. It was very funny. Noah also mentions girl mode recommending Anodyne 2. And I was like, by girl mode, you just mean me because Will is a fucking Yeah, I,
1: I won't have any part in this. No. <laughs> I do have Anodyne 2 on my wish list, actually, on like everything just because i'm like maybe i'll play yeah. it just
0: so i can do you like to, to think robin. about the idea of playing a masterpiece and decide not to
1: i like the idea of playing something robin thinks is good just to tell her that she's wrong it's yeah, one of my favorite so pastimes.
0: times reminds me that you have shit taste i thought um, i'm just the apart. smarter one anticipated okay